winners and whiners. Okay? God has planned you to be a winner. Amen? Amen? Alright, so if you want to take your Bible out and turn to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I want you to go there. and We're going we're gonna to get in the Word together. We're, this is part two of, of, a, of a series that we started last week. And I want you to um, uh, follow, follow along in the Scriptures. I'm, I'm getting there and there's a PowerPoint. We have a little bit of a review that we're going to go through here in a moment. So Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. This is the Word of God, okay? Now let's pray. Father, we receive the Word of God. The Word of God is life. And again, your Word is unchangeable. And what you say is truth. And so, Lord, we want to stand with you. We're not against people. We're for what you're for. And so, Lord, let the church arise in this nation, in this world. And today, in the name of Jesus, speak to our spirits, our hearts, our minds through the Word as we talk about the principles of the parable of, of the good, good steward and the bad steward. Help us to realize that you want us to win in life and not be whiners, not to be, to be complaining about everything, but you have purpose for us. You have life for us, and we want to accept that life. And so, Lord, we receive the Word of God that we're going to look at right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here we go. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Let me just slow down for a second, okay? Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, and to another two, and to another one. Each, listen to this, each according to his ability. So each one of them had an ability. God gave them as it was to their ability. Okay? Then verse 16, Then the man, the man who received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more, but the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Verse 19, After a long time, the, the, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with him. The man who received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, You entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Do you see what's happening? In other words, God gave him talents. He used the talents. He multiplied the talents. And God said, okay, you've been faithful with those small things. I'm going to give you more. Do you see this? Okay. Now, the next one. Then, verse 22, the man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. Verse 23, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Verse 24. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied. Listen, this, God changes now. The master changes. He said, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew what I, what I, that I harvest where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Verse 28, Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Verse 30, And throw that worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, this is Jesus speaking about a parable. He says, we're stewards. 
And he's talking about that one day each one of us is going to stand before God. And I have the scriptures, First, Second Corinthians 5.10. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due for him for the things done while in his body, whether good or bad. Now that's specifically for believers, that every believer is going to stand before God. And then, verse uh, Romans 14.12, So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Now every person then, whether they're a believer or not, will stand before God and have to give an account for their life, what they did and did not do with their life. you see this? So we are accountable people. Right? Ignorance is not always bliss. Right? Come on now. So, so this morning I want to talk just a few moments. We're going to get into it. Perspective can change a person's life. The, the two good stewards had a good perspective and the poor steward had a bad perspective. And it affected their lives. And you see, winners choose to have God's perspective in life but whiners have a selfish outlook on life, saying, what about me? Why, why did they, he get five? Why did he get two? Why did I only get one? The Bible says it was given according to their ability. And you see, a lot of times God gives us things in life, and he says, here's something, I want you to be a good steward of it. And sometimes we're not a good steward of it. God says, okay, you're not a good steward, I need to take it, I'm going to give it to someone else. And we whine and we complain. Instead of taking that talent or things that God has given us and making good things happen. Do you see this? Okay, so then now listen to this. Gratitude has great dividends in this life and in the, in the hereafter. And grumbling and complaining. Listen, grumbling and complaining also have negative dividends. Can I just share with you this? A lot of times we think God is a big Santa Claus God. He's a, he has a white hair and he's got a white beard. He's got a white flowing robe and he's always up there smiling. And I love you. Oh, I want to bless you. I love you. It's okay that you disobey me, but I love you. That's not what the Bible is about. God loves all people. He pours out his love. But there comes a time when God as a parent, I don't know about you, but as a parent, how many of you have kids and, and you love to hear them grumble and complain? How many of your parents love that? Any parents? None of you. <laughs> okay? So as a parent, after a while, if there's constant grumbling and complaining and griping, you get tired of it and you deal with it, right? God the Father, on the same note as the Heavenly Father, He sometimes gets tired of grumbling and complaining. Did you know that? Come on, this is the truth. You, you want all the word or you just want some of the word? All the word, okay? Let me just show this to you. Numbers 11, 1 through 3. Now the people complained about their hardships in, hearing, in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his what? His anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses. He prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. So the place was called Teborah because fire from God had burned against them. Now, among them. I just want to show you that in Scripture, God can be angered. God can be grieved. God sometimes is, gets tired of us whining and complaining and griping about how much we don't, especially in this world of affluence, where, again, God bless all of us and all the things He gives us, but sometimes we get so, so focused on what we don't have and we gripe about what the other person has. Do you see what I'm saying? Are, are you hearing me? And God gives every one of you talents and gifts and skills and abilities. I've given them to you according to your ability. And if you're a good steward with what I give you, then I can multiply them. But if you are not a good steward, then I'll have to to deal with you. Does that make sense? Are you hearing me today? So God has given every one of us in this room purpose in life. Amen? And a good perspective in our lives will bring great results. A good perspective of what God has given us will bring great results. A bad perspective will bring bad results. Now we have to review. Can we hit the review button? Or can you hit, I think I have it. Let's review from last week's message. Okay? In, order, in, other, in other words, 
Last week, if you missed it, for whatever reason, you can get a, a copy of the CD. There's some order forms in there. Also, you can go online to www.rockvilleag.com and you can go to the sermons or the podcast area and you can find part one of the top ten distinctions between winners and whiners. Okay? So that's it. Let's hit the next slide. So last week, purpose is the key to life. God is a God of purpose. Okay? God has purpose. Amen? You have purpose. Number two, letter B, without purpose, life has no meaning. If you, if you just run around chasing after things with no purpose, you're going to just be, be wasting your life chasing after things. Okay? The third thing is your fulfillment in life depends on, on your becoming and doing your purpose. In other words, sometimes in life we get frustrated because our career, our, our, our relationships just are not satisfying us and possibly sometimes it's because we have not found the purpose that we're called to and we need to live that purpose. And when you live in that purpose, that dream God's given you, you will be fulfilled. Okay? Let's hit the next slide. So the next slide is each person will be accountable for their actions. I cannot blame you for my inactions. You cannot blame me for what God has given you and what you have done or not done with His, His gifts. Amen? And vice versa. I cannot blame you for what God has given me. Does that make sense? Remember I said this last week? I'm not going to stand before the, the throne of God one day and be accountable for what Bill Gates did with his money. I'm not going to stand accountable before God one day for what George W. Bush did. I'm not going to stand before God and stand in front of Him about Barack Obama. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to stand in front of the throne for my life. Each of those people are going to stand before God for their life. Amen? We've got to get this external focus off other people's lives and say, God, let me live the life you've given me. Let me be that light. Let me be that love and life that you want me to be. Now, God bless those men and I pray for them to do well. I pray that they hear from God. I pray that they obey God. But I'm ultimately accountable for my life. Amen? So, so letter A, the peril of ignorance. The, the, the third of the, of the bad stewards. The third of, of the stewards. There were two good and one bad. The third one was ignorant of what God wanted or the master wanted him to do. Two, two of the uh, stewards knew what to do. The third one did not. Why? Because you cannot play the ignorance card before God. You can't go before God and say, God, I didn't know. And he says, I've given you gifts. I've given you talents. I've given you the word of God. You should know. Okay. Letter B, each person will have to answer to God. Are you following me? Let's hit the next slide. I want to get on. This is uh, part of last week's letter A, the top ten distinctions. Winners take responsibility. Winners play the victim. We can't play the victim card all the time. Sometimes you are the victim. Sometimes bad things happen. And you can't always control that. I understand that. But God is on the throne and He loves you and He'll give you a way to find a way to have good things happen from the bad things. Amen? So you can't play that. Letter number B, distinction nine, winners can have what they want. Winers want what they cannot have. In other words, winners take what God gives them and he mul- they multiply them. Winers complain about what the winners have. Does that make sense? And they can't have that. Let's go to the next slide. Letter C, distinction 8. Winners find a way. Winers find excuses. Winners say, you know what? Things went bad. I was, I was dealt a bad set of cards, but through God, all things work good for those who love the Lord. Romans 8.28, right? Winners find a way. Number seven, distinction seven, winners brighten a room by entering, whiners brighten a room by leaving. Now that's sad, isn't it? Come on, now some of you, you work with people, and don't point at someone in the church, that's rude, alright? When someone comes to the room and they're a winner, what happens typically? You brighten, you get excited because they're positive, they're full of life, and they say, hey man, bad things happen, but good things can happen. Amen? When a whiner comes in the room, what happens? What happens? People are kind of like, oh, i got to go, you know? Oh, I got a phone. So I, I see some of you guys fake that out. Like, oh, I got a text message. Sorry, and you're not really, you know. Or you got, oh, I got to take this call. Hello, and you walk out of the room, and there's no one on the line, right? You, you see, so so winners they brighten a room because people want to be around winners, right? 
But no one wants to be around a whiner who's always griping, right? Come on. No one likes that. So we looked at Matthew 25. We talked about the parable and how it applies to our lives. And so I want to talk now. I want to finish up the top ten distinctions. Number three, letter E. Distinction number six. Winners listen twice as much as they talk. Whiners talk as much as they listen. Winners listen twice as much as they talk. Whiners talk as much as they listen. Check this out. You may be surprised to discover the greatest communication skill that you can master has nothing to do with talking. The greatest communication skill that you have is what? Listening. Remember again, wonder why God gave you two ears and one mouth? Okay, it means you probably should listen twice as much as you talk, as I talk. Amen? You see, by, by learning to be a committed listener, you can develop deeper and more meaningful relationships. I don't know about you, um, and I'm not a big country music fan. If you are, God bless you. I pray for you daily. I'm just kidding. I don't. Um, and and I, I'm not a real big country uh, music fan. I, I like most music, but that's one I'm just not a real big fan of. No offense, okay? Um, and there's a guy named Toby Keith, and, and I remember years ago there was a song, and I, and I remember watching the video sometime. I just was flipping through the channel one day, and it, was, it says, uh, if I get the gist of it, he says, I want to talk about me, and the girl was, his girlfriend was always talking about her. I want to talk about me, me, me. You ever, some of you country fans know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, what? Toby Keith? Huh? Okay, well, anyway. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you have friends and they're always talking, and you can't get an edge word in, or you cannot ever talk about anything, what happens to that friendship? It kind of goes away, right? I mean, if they're constantly talking, constantly, I don't know about you, but I, I have my opinions. I'm very strong opinion about it, but I'm learning as I'm getting older that my opinion doesn't always have to be out there. That I don't always have to throw my opinion in your face all the time. Sometimes I can. But I find out that if I listen more, that I can learn more. Amen? Okay, so, so listen to this. It sounds like the two good stewards listened to the master while the poor steward did not listen. They knew to invest what God gave them, but the third one did not. Why is that? Because he was not probably listening during the business meeting, right? He wasn't listening during uh, employer uh, orientation. Remember, he, how many of you at work, you have to go to, you have to, go to business, you, you know, the work meetings, the vision meetings every month. Some of you get tired of them, right? You know, and you have a rally and say, all right, this is our purpose. We're going to do this. I imagine this guy was probably not listening. He was on there texting, right? He was there like daydreaming. And, then they're like, and so then when, when, when it came down and when business had to happen... Two of the stewards knew what to do, but the third did not. Why? Because he wasn't listening. He wasn't listening to what the master wanted to do. Okay? The tendency in our society, listen to this, the tendency in our society is to interrupt people while they're talking, right? I do it. I mean, someone's speaking, all of a sudden a thought comes to your mind, and you're like, oh, I, oh, hold on, time out. Let me throw this in there. And then they start talking, they go, uh, okay, and they start talking, and then you're, oh, wait, wait, let me, wait, 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 wait. Right? And what happens? I don't know about you, but if I'm trying to talk about something, I want to make something clear to someone, and they're like, no, wait, wait. After a while, what happens? You give up. We lose the train of thought. We lose the concept. Now, there are times when you have a relationship that you can do that, but sometimes you've just got to be patient. You've got to have self-control and and just say, I'm going to listen. And at the end, say, hey, what about this thought? You see, because what happens is if you cannot control yourself, you are showing that you have a lack of self-discipline. You have a brain that's bigger than all the supercomputers in the world. You actually can remember that thought, and if you can't, write it down. 
while they're talking, write it down and say, let's come back to that thought. Does that make sense to you? So what happens in our society is we blurt it out, we cut them off, sometimes we try to finish their statement. How many of you like love doing that? Well, I was talking, and you want to talk about waffles? No. I was thinking, you're thinking about donuts? No. So let's, let's go outside. No. You see what happens? Who's the fool there? And so sometimes you feel like you know how to answer one, and really you should not do that. Amen? Winners learn to listen. Whiners talk more. You see, sometimes whiners, they, they can't keep their mouths shut. They can't control themselves. Winners learn to listen, and they learn to, to, to put everything together. Okay? Whiners ramble on and on, oblivious to how many times they interrupt other people. Listen to this, okay? Pay attention next in your next conversation, okay? Pay attention. How often do you feel the urge to cut someone short when they're talking? And the other thought is, is while you're talking in a conversation, do you interrupt people more than you actually listen to them? Try that. Try that. Think about that this week. Think about this. Okay, now remember last week I gave you the 10-week challenge of not grumbling? Ah, I went five days. I went five days and then I grumbled. Oh, I was doing so good. I mean, I was being tempted by people in, in conversation. I was like, I'm not going to say it. And oh, I got caught in traffic. And I started grumbling. I was like, oh, oh five days down the drain because I was complaining. So I'm challenging you. If you, if you took the 10-day challenge, take 10 days again. If some of you maybe have done it, you're on there, you're at day nine today, eight today, if you, if you were faithful, is take 10 days and stop complaining. Stop grumbling. I guarantee you your perspective will change. I'm back in five days again, okay? So I, I picked it back up. Now, let me give you another challenge, okay? Try, try this. For 10 days, do the listening challenge. 10 days, do the listening challenge. Commit to being a listener in every conversation you have. Resist, resist the temptation to, to interrupt or even speak while someone else is talking. In the 10-day challenge, begin to learn to listen with your heart and your mind and try to connect with that person on a deeper level. Okay? Can you try that? You see, sometimes our, ego, our egos want to try to prove our point. And we are a society, we are so good at trying to prove our point at any cost. And you might be right, but because you try to prove your point, you made things wrong. Does that make sense? Sometimes you just need to listen. You just need to let someone talk. You need to let things go out. Many times our egos can't stand that. And sometimes you and I, we're going to talk with people we disagree with, but you can be the adult and you can listen and say, that's fine, I don't agree with that, that's okay. That's okay, you don't have to argue about it all the time. Amen? Are you with me? So listen... Whiners usually have a monologue conversation. I'm going a little bit long on this because I want us to learn. Whiners usually have a monologue conversation because they are so set on their viewpoint that they don't want to listen to someone else's viewpoint. If you're secure in your faith and your belief, you don't have to worry about someone else's viewpoint, if it's wrong or right. If you're secure, then you can listen to them by all means and say, that's fine. That's fine that you believe in that. And if you have a good relationship with them, then you guys can talk about it. But if you don't, and they're so set on their, their mindset, and they call you the bigot, then who's the bigger person there, right? They call you closed mind because you, 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 you don't agree with them. Who's the person that has the problem? So, so, so when you engage in conversation with someone, now listen, let me give you a little hint. Some of us know people that just keep, they can't stop interjecting. Let me give you some, let me give you some tips, okay? If your boss is one of those ones, or a coworker, or a family member, or if your pastor just keeps interjecting while you're trying to talk, forgive him, okay? 
But here's some, I just want to give you a couple of ground rules. Here's some tips, okay? Here's three things that you need to do with someone who has a hard time listening. The first thing before you guys get in a conversation and you're about to talk, say, say to them, please hear me out completely before you speak. Tell them that. Say, please hear me out completely before you, resp- you respond. The second thing is say, I have something important to share with you. Please listen carefully. I have something important to share with you. Please listen carefully. The third thing is this. Is, this is going to take a minute, so please be patient as I explain this. We are so impatient we can't handle that. Right? Say those three things with someone that constantly interrupting you. I, I guarantee you things will change. Amen? Alright, let me move on. Distinction number five, letter F. Winners enjoy life's journey. Winners put their joy in the, dis- in the destinations. Winners enjoy life's journey. Winners put their joy in the destination. How many of you know that life is a series of journeys and destinations? Right? We're so caught up in this world that if I drove this car, my life would be better, right? If I just had this job, if I just got to this destination in my career, life would be better, right? If I just lived in this neighborhood, in this destination, whoa, my life would be better, right? If I just was able to go to vacation at this place, in this destination, life would be better. What happens? You get that job. You get that promotion. You live in this place. You get that vacation. Then what do you start doing? You start looking for another destination because you were not happy in the journey. Does that make sense? Life is more about the journey than it is the destination. You're going to have destinations. You're going to have journeys. And you and I need to learn to say, you know what? Vacation is nice. A house is nice. A job is nice. Living in this certain area and having a nice car. Those are nice things, but that's not the destination. They're part of the journey. Are you grasping this? And we're so caught up because the world says if you just have this car, you have this, you have this and this, your life will be better. And what happens is we have all that stuff and yet life is still not better. Because we fail to live the journey. We fail to enjoy the journey. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you following with me? This is good stuff, amen? Winners enjoy life's journey. Winers put their joy in, in the destinations. And so we begin to focus on and we miss the good things. We missed the saving. We missed the hard work that we did. We missed the joy of fixing the house. We missed, we missed the vacation because we were so sold on the vacation, we missed the time of the vacation. And I, I don't know about you, but sometimes after vacation, you're like, when's the next vacation, right? Right? Okay? And so, so that's fine. You should enjoy those things, but, but don't let them become the, the end all in your life because you fail. Enjoying life's journey keeps us from moving from destination to destination. It helps us to realize that through those destinations, Life is a journey. Amen? And you see, there are many journeys in life, and sometimes we are more than one at at one time. School is a journey. Marriage is a journey. Singleness is a journey. Parenting is a journey. Your career is a journey. Going on vacation can be a journey. Losing a loved one is a journey. Having a child is a journey. Financial freedom is a journey. Your Christian faith is a journey. Amen? So there are three things to help experience the joys of the journey. I think I have them. There are three things. Number one is growing. This is one of the main purposes of life, is every destination in the journey is to help you to grow. Amen? And so we're so caught up in the world says, if you live in these destinations, your life will be better. No, we say the journey is what makes us better, not the destinations. Amen? So, the, so, so life demands growth, and if you try to remain the same, you're not going to grow. You've got to grow in these things. Winners grow and, and experience joy. Whiners try to stay in the same thing and they don't want to grow. The, the second one, gratitude. Being grateful makes life enjoyable. Amen? 
Especially in this world where if you have more stuff, life is better. That's not always true. Enjoy what you have. The stewards, they, they, they took what they had and they enjoyed what they had and they, they, they made, made a better life for themselves. Gratitude affects our mood. Amen? Think of something that you're grateful for right now. Think about that thing and start saying, God, I'm so grateful for this thing. Gratitude generates joy. Ingratitude does not. So think about the great things God's done. The third part of helping you on the journey is focus. Focus on what... Focus. focus on, when you focus on what you feel, good or bad, it affects your life. If you focus on the negative, guess what? You're going to feel bad. If you focus on the good, guess what? You're going to feel good. So your focus determines your destination and your journey. Are you following me? Focus on the good in your journey and you'll have a good life. Focus on the bad and you will have a bad life. It's really that simple. The stewards do this. They understood this. Two of the stewards knew. One of the stewards did not know. Okay? So the power of focus is the power to control your feelings. So make joy. Listen to this. Make joy your responsibility. Did you know it's not the government's responsibility to make you happy? Did you know it's not your parents' responsibility to make you happy? Did you know it's not your boss or your company's responsibility to make you happy? Did you know it's not the church's job to make you happy? It's not the pastor's job. Whose responsibility is it? It's yours. You choose to make life what it is by having a good attitude or bad attitude, by growing or not focusing those things. Amen? Life is good and life is hard. Say that. Life is good and it's hard. I choose my joy. You can choose to have joy in those things. It's your decision. Amen? Letter G. Letter G. Distinction number four. Winners build friendships. Winers destroy friendships. Winners build friendships. Winers destroy friendships. Because all of you are smart, you're wise, you're, you're, you're rich in knowledge, you're rich in wisdom. Most of you, all of us in this room have realized that friendships are the most valuable and precious thing that we can possess in life. You see, your car can't comfort you when you're sick. Am I, well, my car can take me to the hospital. But if you're sick and you can't drive, your car can't take you to the hospital. Friends and family can be there for you. You see what I'm saying? Possessions don't bring joy. People in your life are more precious than possessions. Amen? What does it mean to be a friend? Well, it means to look out for the best interests of another person. It means that you and I are willing to invest in these other people. It means that you and I are willing to sacrifice sometimes for our friends. That's a true friend. Remember Jesus? He was the greatest friend. He gave his life so that you and I could have life. Amen? You see, true friends find a way to work through differences. I don't know about you, but we, we're, we've been, we're being brainwashed to think that our friends have to agree with everything that we agree with. That's not a friendship. That's a dictatorship. Do you understand what I'm talking about? If I come to you and I demand you to like everything I like, and I demand you like everything, you're not a friend. That's not a friend. A friend has differences, amen? Friends can have differences. Political, they can have different, they can have different views and still be friends. So a real friend says, I, I, can, I can, you know, that's okay that you might not agree with me in this area. We can still be friends, amen? You see, whiners want so-called friends as long as they agree with them on everything. That's impossible. You're never going to find anyone that agrees with you on anything. Why? Because no two people are alike. Amen? Are you with me? Are you tracking? You see, whiners always want to be right 
and take pleasure in proving it to others. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like friends, and I really don't have a whole lot of friends, that try to prove me wrong all the time and ought to be right. Because you know what? I just get tired of dealing with them. Because a friendship is a give and take relationship, right? Right? And you and I don't always have to prove people's faults. We don't have to say, you got this fault, because I, I look at it and say, man, I got a lot of faults too. I'm not perfect by any means. Amen? Are you following me? You see, ego has destroyed a multitude of friendships in our lifetime. And it's impossible to build lasting relationships without humility, without, will, without being open to them correcting you, without you being able to correct them. Sometimes we need to go into friendship humble, with humility. So you know what? I don't have all the answers. I don't need to know everything. Humility says, I want the ability to learn and grow. Humility has, has the ability to get, have forgiveness. If a friend has wronged you, you can forgive them. Amen? The hardest of the world says that they don't agree with you and they don't forgive you or they, they wrong you, then you, you don't need them as friends. No, you need friends. Amen? Let me kind of change the subject on this concept of friendship. Winners know when to be dependent, independent, and interdependent. Okay? Winners know when to be dependent, independent, and interdependent. Winers struggle with being interdependent. Winers are usually dependent because they're a victim, they have a victim mentality, or they're independently arrogant. Think about that for a second. True friends know how to be dependent, independent, and interdependent. Whiners tend to be dependent because they have a victim mentality or they're independently arrogant. I don't need anyone. That, that's a lie of the devil. Did you know that? Interdependency is where love, humility, correction, and strength happen when we're interdependent on other people. No person is an island. No person can live this, in this world without other people being, having an interdependency. Amen? Are you following me? Deep and meaningful relationships don't just happen. They are built. Winers destroy friendships by arguing over small things. I'm going to challenge you. Don't argue about small things. If they're not important, just put them aside. Amen? True friends, listen, I'm going to say this again. True friends are more valuable than money or possessions. Friends either affect our lives positively or negatively. So the question I have is, who are you building friendships with? Who are you building friendships with? Distinction number three, letter H. Winners think big, whiners think small. You doing okay? This is good stuff. Distinction number three, winners think big, whiners think small. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is in work that is at work within us most of us listen most of us have been trained as from from the time we were young to have a survival mentality now that's a human thing and that's fine we want to survive you want to, but god wants to have, you to move from a survival attitude to a thriving attitude that don't just survive but thrive thrive where he plants you grow where he he has you amen you see, survivor mentality is a small mentality. If I can just get by, if I can just make it through this job, if I can just make it through my kids at this time in their lives, instead of saying, I'm going to enjoy this time. Sure, it's tough. Sure, it's demanding. Sure, this is maybe the job I want, but if I can thrive here instead of just surviving, maybe life will be a little bit different. All of us have had jobs we hate, right? Some of you are in that place right now, right? You're like, uh. But say, so, you know what? I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm not going to survive. I'm going to thrive. It may not be my dream, but I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow in this. Amen? I'm going to think big. Say, this is a stepping stone for a better blessing. Because I'm going to listen to what Pastor Stan said about Matthew 25 and the, and the parable of the stewards, that I've got to do good with what God gives me in this job. 
and then he'll make me he'll make me more responsibility the next time. You see what I'm saying? Instead, we always look at the job and say, how can this job bless me? Instead of saying, how can I be a blessing? How can I multiply this? How can I do my best? Amen? See, winners think big, whiners think small. Faith is the belief in good things happening. Thinking is, is the, thinking big is the fruit of faith. When we think small, we exclude God. When we think that we have to handle life, we exclude God. And you think small. And you're in survival mode. When you think big, say, you know what? I can't handle all these situations. I can't handle when cancer comes and the doctor says to me, you have six weeks or six days to die. You know what? I believe what God says and look what happened. God is a big God. Have faith in a big God. Dream big. Think big. Amen? You see, winners blame their small results on someone or something else. Remember now the two, the two stewards. Two stewards, they took what they had and they multiplied them and the one took it and he hid it and he's like, well... He blamed the master. You're a hard man. He, again, wasn't listening. Why do the two other stewards, they knew what to do, but this third steward did not know what to do. I wouldn't say this, this master was hard. He was generous. He, was, he gave five talents, two talents, one talent. He could have said, you guys, you just fend for yourself. He did not do that. You see, so the, the whiner person thought small. He thought, it's the boss's fault. It's the master's fault of my plight in life. And I, I, you hear me? This is non-political. I'm tired of us blaming everyone else. We've got to get out of this blame game. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've got to say, God, you've given me this. I want to be a good student of what you've given me. Amen? Remember, we are going to stand before God for what He gives us. Amen? Winners acknowledge their faith in a big God who can do big results. Listen to this. Thinking big, it requires work, doesn't it? I'm telling you, I struggle all the time when all of a sudden my, my mindset gets back to survival mode. My mindset gets to human mindset. I can't do this. I can't do this. We can't do this. And God has to remind me, I'm bigger than that. It takes work. So God changed my mind. Help me to think big. Amen? Thinking big means you're going to think outside of your comfort zone. We don't like to get out of our comfort zone, do we? Some of you are. Some of you are wired. You like taking risks. Most of us, we, we get in a comfort zone and we enjoy it. And sometimes that comfort zone makes us think small. And God's saying, I want to stretch you, in not every area, but I want to stretch you in some areas where you're going to think big. Amen? Thinking big has benefits. Thinking small has consequences. Let me say that again. Thinking big has benefits. Thinking small has consequences. Amen? Number, number two, letter I. Distinction number two. Winners are focus-minded. Winners are scatterbrained. Now don't say, oh, that's me. I'm scatterbrained. Oh, I'm focused. Let me just stop for a second. Have you ever felt overwhelmed or experienced the anxiety of having too much coming at you once? All of us have had that, right? And, and it's overload because our society says everybody can multitask. I watch people on the highway trying to multitask and it's scary. You can't drink coffee, text and drive and read your, your work project. It's impossible. You're swerving everywhere. You're going really slow and you wonder why everybody's honking at you. You see, we've been brainwashed to think that we can multitask in everything in every second of our days. Now, I'm going to say this, men. I, I know you're going to like this. Women typically are a little bit better at multitasking than men. But we can't, no one can continue to do it all the time. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? If you continue to multitask all the time, you begin to be scatterbrained. You begin to think all over the place instead of focusing your thinking. I'm glad a heart surgeon doesn't multitask while he's in surgery. 
I'm glad, I'm hopefully glad, that the person cutting my hair is not multitasking while they're doing my hair. You see what I'm saying? There's some things you just got to say, I can't multitask, it's time for me to focus. Winners learn to focus, whiners are scatterbrained. We all react differently to the pressures of life, we all have pressures, but whiners complain about the pressures of being overwhelmed. Winners don't whine. Listen to this, remember, winners don't whine and whiners don't win. Winners focus on their purpose and they live from that peace. You can go to my desk. Some of you, it, it drives some of you tight. You're, you know, some of you have everything perfectly and, yet, and my desk has piles. And I know, what thing, well, I know what things are at my piles. But I realize, you know what, these are piles and those are things that need to get done. But I prioritize what needs to get done today. What's important at this moment right now? What's my top priority at this time? And I can shuffle things around, but I always go back to what's the most important thing that needs to get done right now. And for some of you, you're saying, well, Pastor Stan, that's fine and dandy, but I'm, I'm all over the place. i got all this stuff going on. Well, then some of you need to cut back on all this stuff you're doing. Because you're like that little hamster in that wheel. You've just got a lot of activity, but there's, a lot, there's nothing going on. You're spending all your energy trying to, to... Remember I talked about the plates? Remember that last week? The guy at the circus doing the plates? You're running around from plate to plate, and you're not accomplishing anything. Because you've bought into the lie of the world that you've got to be busy to be important. And that's not always true. Important people take time to reflect. Important people take time to focus. Winners learn to focus when they need to focus. Amen? Are you, are you following this? Winners focus on their purpose. Winners live in a near constant state of being overwhelmed. As, a lo- as long as a person feels scatterbrained, they're going to be stressed. I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to multitask for a long time, I start getting a big headache. My heart starts going, dig, 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 dig. I start, and I start feeling stress. And I take a breath and say, Lord, let me focus on what's important. You see, some of you, your stress levels high all the time because you're trying to, you're trying to, you're scatterbrained. You're all over the place. You cannot do that all the time. You've got to focus. Amen? So a winner learns to focus, okay? A focused mind is powerful. And listen to this. A focused mind can create new ideas and solve problems. When you're all over the place, you have a hard time focusing, right? But if you can just settle down and say, I need, I need a moment. Let me think about this. Just time out. Let me focus. Now, there are some decisions you need to make right now. Like if the house is on fire, you don't sit down. Let me just think about that for a minute. You get out of the house, right? But there are some things you've got to say, i just got to stop. i got to think. I, guess I, I need to focus. Just give me some time to think about what I need to do. Amen? You see, for scatterbrains, creativity is next to impossible because they're all over the place, as I said. Winners simplify their lives and they break them down into categories. Winners complicate their lives by thinking of terms of all and everything. I've got, I can do all this stuff. I can make all this happen. And when you're all over the place, you're, not, you're making nothing happen. But a lot of just splashing around. Right? Right? You're just splashing around. You're just creating a lot of white foam, but nothing's happening. You're going nowhere. You're just paddling around in circles. And God is saying, I want you just to focus in. Stop paddling around. Focus on that thing and start swimming towards that thing. Amen? We've got to be delivered from this mentality. Amen? In moments of feeling overwhelmed, ask yourself. Listen to this. In moments of feeling overwhelmed, ask yourself, what is really important right now? Some of you, you're in a place right now in your life where you're feeling overwhelmed. You need to ask yourself, what's really important right now? What do I need to focus on right now? What do I need to live my life on right now. You see, if we focus our minds on what is important, you'll find that 
you can actually have answers. You can have peace. And this push for more in our society, more activity, more things, it's destroying us. Let's not buy into it. Focus your mind and you'll create peace. Amen? This is good stuff. Amen? You see, being scatterbrained creates stress. Constantly ask yourself, constantly ask yourself, what is my highest priority today? What is the best use of my time right now? Am I using the time God gives me? Am I like the two stewards? I'm doing the best with what God gives me? Or am I like the third steward? I'm complaining and griping and hiding. Amen? Let me move on. Here we go. Letter J. Distinction number one. Here we are. Winners create positive meanings. Winners create negative meanings. Winners create positive meanings. Winners create negative meanings. What defines success? What defines success for the two good stewards? They created a positive outcome because they did something with what was given them. The bad steward, he created a negative outcome because he did not do with what the master gave him. Are you hearing me today? You see, we go through life and we always blame God and we say, if, my, if I had a car like that, if I was married and my spouse was like that, if my dog was like that, if I had that job, if I, had, if I was in that place, God say, I'm not asking you about that. What are you doing with what I'm giving you right now? Do you see where I'm at? Are you following? God is going to ask you one day. He's going to say, what did you do with the gifts and talents and the time I gave you? Well, I was busy, God. Busy doing what? I was busy. Did you know sometimes you can be busy doing good things but not doing a great thing? And you see, winners focus in and say, you know what? I can't do good things. I want to do a great thing. How do we view the circumstances around us? We must learn to create positive meanings by finding purpose in our life. What's that purpose God has for me? For even in the negative events, a winner can take negative and say, you know what, how can I learn from this? Things went bad. It wasn't my fault, but what can I learn from this? You know that, you know, and sometimes I hate to hear it, but there's a silver lining in everything. Sometimes I hate to hear that, but there is bad things you can say, what good can I get out of this? Don't do that again. That's a good thing, right? Are you following me? You can always learn from bad things, whether it's your fault or not. You see, winners find opportunities even in difficulties. They say, what can I learn from this? Winners find difficulty in every opportunity because they're looking for bad things. Winners, they see the bad and so that's what they see. Everything's bad. Life is bad. Their job is bad. Their marriage is bad. Their singleness is bad. Their kids are bad. Their dog is bad. Their church is bad. Their country's bad. Do you see what I'm saying? Why? Because that's all they're focusing on. If that's all you focus on, you're not being a good steward of what God's given you. Amen? Winners view things from God's perspective. They see that good things are promised by God. That God has great plans for your lives. Winers look back and remember only the bad things in life. Isn't that funny? Sometimes you and I get caught and we look back at our lives and we, we say that. We look at all the bad things. When we should say, man, look at all the good things that happened in my life. Well, Pastor Stan, you haven't seen my life. It's been bad. But I guarantee you there's some good things that happen in your life. The good thing is that you're here today hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Amen? And you're hearing what God can do in your life. You see, winners look at both good and bad and they learn from those things. Amen? The meanings you create about situations are simply the perspectives that you and I put on this. I need to finish. Changing the way you think is not easy, but God can help you. Amen? Listen to this. Jeremiah 29, 11-14. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. 
then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, God has good things for us. Amen? Let me finish these last things. Okay, number four. Purpose and success. Letter A, success defined. Again, what is success? The two stewards learned success was found in pleasing the master. Did you catch this? It wasn't the talents that that brought them success. It was what they did with what God wanted. Do you see this? Success was defined by pleasing the master. They said, whatever we do, we want to please the boss. We want to please the master. And God's going to ask you, how did you please me in in, in your lifetime? You see, success can be only defined and measured by obedience to God. Really. Amen? Are you following me? You see, God created each of us with purpose in mind. And that purpose is our assignment in life. Whatever that purpose God gave you, that's what He will count whether you are successful or not. It doesn't matter your title. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you did with, with your car and all that. And that's fine. All of these can be part of that life. But He's going to say, what did you do with the purpose I gave you? What did you do with that? Did you multiply my love in this world? Did you help other people find the way to truth? Amen? That will be success defined. You see, success is obedience to purpose. Success is not what you have compared to what others have. Are you hearing me? We are in a world that everything we do has to be counted against someone else. My measure of success is measured against another church, another pastor, another person. That's hogwash. My measure of success is against the other person in the other firm against me, or the other hospital, or the other person. You need to stop that. Your success is saying, God, what have you called me to do, and how am I living that out? Are you following me? Well, Pastor, I might lose my job. That's okay, because maybe you're in the wrong place then. And God will provide a better job at a better place for you to fulfill your purpose. You see, because when you stand before God, your boss is not going to be there. Hey, did you know what? This guy, or this lady, that boss is going to be before God answering for himself or herself. Amen? Are you following me? Listen to this, okay? Listen to, to these statements. Listen to with your heart. You are not successful if everyone says you are. You are not successful if you have done what others have expected you to do. You are not successful if you receive commendations and recognition from your peers or the accolades of the masses. Listen, you are only truly successful if you have done what you were purposed to do. All those other things are nice. But God's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Letter B. Letter B, discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. The two stewards, the good stewards, they discovered their purpose and they fulfilled it. The bad steward did not. He lived in fear. And I know deep inside of you, I know deep inside of every one of us, is, is a, a, a yearning to do something greater than just making a living. There, there, there's a yearning to say, I want to make something happen. I want to change lives. I want to see my life change. I want to see my family lives change. Don't let the tragedy of faithfulness to the wrong thing waste your life. See, you can do a lot of good things, but God is saying, what are you doing that's great? Well, pastor, aren't we supposed to be good people? Aren't we supposed to be sharing the love of God? Absolutely. But find your gift. Find your purpose in life and live that out. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? Father, we need you today. I need you. Would you, Lord, reveal to us purpose this morning? Would you reveal each to each person, if we already know it and we don't know it, would you, in the name of Jesus, reveal to every person their life-giving purpose on life? That God, every one of us are to be dependent, interdependent, and independent, but we need you to make us that way. 
And Lord, every one of us are going to one day stand before you at your throne and we're going to have to give account to what you gave us. And Lord, you gave every one of us in this room according to our ability. And some of us are whining, we're griping, we're complaining about that and we haven't done anything with that. Instead of, instead of that, we gripe about it. So Lord, help us. Forgive us for whining and griping. Forgive me as a man of God, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, as a son. Forgive me when I gripe and complain about what I don't have. And Lord, let me focus on what you've given me and let me be a good steward of what you give me. Because ultimately, God, I'm going to stand before you. I'm not going to stand before anyone else. I'm going to stand before you. And so, Lord, maybe there are some friends in this room this morning who don't know their purpose or their purpose has been buried with life. Father, I'm asking in Jesus' name that you reveal your purpose in their heart, in their spirit, and in their mind today. I'm, I'm, I'm praying that you would help us to get it off the shelf, pull it, out, pull it out of the mud, and, Lord, maybe discover it for the first time and begin to say, I'm going to live my life for God's purpose. I'm not going to live my life for what another person says. I'm going to live my life according to what God wants me to do. Because when we do that, when we focus, Lord, our lives will be so much more full of joy. And Lord, help us to enjoy the journey of life, not the destinations. Let us enjoy the destinations, but let us know those destinations are just part of the journey, Lord. So the question for us this morning is, will you be a winner or will you be a whiner? Would you just for a moment, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, I know I prayed, But would you just for a moment, would you close your eyes and bow your head just for the privacy of those around you? Maybe this morning you're here and you've heard me talk about this Jesus. And Jesus said in his word, he said in John, that I am the way, the truth, and the light. And no man comes to the Father, no one can go to heaven except through me. And maybe this morning you've been living your life all over for everything else, but maybe this morning God is calling you to give your life to Jesus this morning. And maybe you know, you know, this is my time. I need to do this. With with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, you're saying, Pastor Stan, I want to give my life to Jesus because I want to go to heaven and I want to live my life on purpose. And you've never done this before. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. With all all heads bowed, eyes closed, would you just quickly raise your hand and say, this is me. I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to do this this morning. Okay? Would you just have one prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that apart from you, I am nothing. I accept your love, your salvation, your purpose. I ask for forgiveness. I make you the Lord of my life in Jesus' name. Now, still with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, I just want to pray with you. We're not going to have an altar time. Your altar time is to live your life on purpose. But here's what I want to say. Okay, just with your eyes closed, your heads bowed for privacy. Some of you in this room, you've been struggling with being a whiner. You want to move to be a winner. You want to stop complaining. You want to start looking at life in a different perspective. If that's you, say, Pastor Stan, would you pray with me? I want to, I want to move from that whining and griping to becoming a, a winner. Raise your hand just quickly.